This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it's 7.07, it's Tuesday, it's the 30th of January and of course you're listening to The Morning Run with Keep Calm who's just rubbing his eyes <laughs> and I'm Wong shouting, dare I ask why you had to rub your eyes? But anyway, in half an hour... I was dazzled by your beauty. Thank you, that's true, it is true, I am gorgeous in the morning. <clears throat> in half an hour, we'll be discussing content moderation strategies used by social media platforms but in the meantime, let's recap how global marketing Markets closed yesterday. Very well in on, on Wall Street. Uh, the, the Dow Jones was up 0.6%. The S&P 500 was up 0.8%. In fact, it was at a fresh record high. Um, and the Nasdaq was up 1.1%. I was reading this, this very interesting bit of trivia. Donald Trump is claiming that investors were betting on him to return to the White House. And that's why stocks are jumping, have been jumping the past couple of uh, days or weeks. This man, right, <laughs> claims fame for anything when possible. I don't anyway. think I don't think it's him. I think it's got we other reasons, but we'll find out what those real reasons are from Joe Quinlan, I'm Chief Market Strategist at the US Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Good morning, Joe. Um, I'm not sure Donald Trump is the reason for the jump in markets, but I, what I do know is that this week is going to be the busiest for results season. We've got Microsoft, Alphabet, Apple, Amazon and Meta platforms. I know you can't comment on specific stocks, but how do you think these mega tech, the five out of the magnificent seven will do? I think, I think they'll do okay. Can they justify some of these valuations? We'll see. But, you know, the, the, their guidance will be very important. But, you know, we're in the first inning of the artificial intelligence revolution, and I think that's what investors are betting on. So, you know, I think I know a lot of investors that they want, if they can get some of these big-name tech companies at a discount, 5%, 10% down from where they are today, they're buyers. So think of it that way. If there's any dip coming there's a lot of buyers to step in because they think longer term, these companies, a lot of cash, great products, services, and they've got first mover advantage. So, Joe, you're not worried about the concentration risk that these stocks are just really priced for perfection. And if anything goes wrong, there will be this massive correction. Or is it just due to the fact that there's lack of lack of choice? These stocks ultimately still offer growth and have good balance sheets. You know, when you have lower interest rates or and the Fed, you know, on the cusp of lowering rates, that's good for growth. And you could say this is overdone uh, in the growth, you know, kind of bet. But I think that's kind of where we're at. But I do expect this year at the soft landing, inflation rolling over, Fed cutting, you're going to get better breadth. I mean, you got kind of the equal weight versus the market weight. I think it'll, it won't be the dispersion won't be as great as is this year. So we have a lot of clientele looking at say industrials, financials, healthcare. So you're starting to see investors go to other parts of the market. Joe, it's been looking quite a, a good start to 2024 uh, for, for equities. And I suppose, um, I mean, it's going to make a lot of people nervous at the levels that they are at now uh, with geopolitical tensions in the Middle East, the political situation deteriorating. Do you think there would be more of a risk-off position uh, and, and a pivot towards US Treasuries and gold? And when do you reckon this might happen? Well, I mean, I I think that's the kind of key unknown here is the geopolitical risk and how they continue to play out, whether, you know, supply chains issues, you know, that's more Asia to Europe. Europe, I think, is, is weaker because of these geopolitical risks. It's closer to home, higher energy costs. 
But, you know, really what's happening is these geopolitical risks, they're for real, but they're driving money into U.S. assets. I do think a lot of the U.S. equity rally, the bond rally, dollar, a lot of that's being driven by foreign assets coming to the U.S. because of the problems in, say, Taiwan or Hong Kong or China, Middle East, Ukraine. So, you know, actually, the, the, the big, big, big safe haven is the U.S., U.S. assets in general. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. I'm looking at uh, the price of gold and it's been quite steady, just above the $2,000 support level. Is, is that indicative of what might, uh, the, the, the longer term support that gold might see and it might break above the $2,100 level? In, in the near term? It could be. It could. I mean, that all depend on the U.S. election. If Donald Trump is you know, the, the, our next president with the tariff protectionism, you know, anti-immigration, that could create you know, some dollar selling and some central bank wanting to own more gold. So I think that's kind of the bigger issue you have to drop. But in general, whether it's crypto, dollar, technology, there's there's other places to hide in the market to kind of hedge your bets in terms of uh, inflation or geopolitical risks. Joe, I think the market is expecting 150 basis points cuts uh, when it comes to the Fed for the entire 2024. The, they are heading for their first FOMC meeting in what, in the next two days. I don't suppose that we will see cuts as soon as January, will we? No, I mean, I mean, I think the six cuts that the that the markets are expecting is just I'm not sure what that's premised on. Weaker than expected growth, uh, real inflation being too high, real interest rates being too high. So I think the markets are offside. I'm, we're more in the camp, say three cuts beginning in June. March seems a little too early given the 3.3 percent print that we had on GDP. We'll get the employment number on on Friday. So. You know, I think that three to four cuts this year is kind of where, where, we're, where we'll settle. But that's enough to give the markets the juice that it has right now and the optimism that's out there. Joe, if we go across the Atlantic, uh, the European Commission unveiled its economic security package, giving greater oversight of FDIs into the EU as well as outbound investments by European con- companies. W- what are the economic impacts of this policy and will this worsen Chinese trade relations to which this seems to be directed? Yeah, I mean, well, the Europeans are furious with the Biden administration for not, you know, playing better, and they're going to be very upset if Trump comes back because the president, President Trump, has said, you know, nominee has said that, uh, you know, he's going to get tougher. But a lot of these, what you're talking about, <clears throat> the restrictions from from Europe, the reviews, really directed at China. I mean, Europe's in the crosshairs of more China electrical vehicles, solar panels, you name it. I mean, there's a real risk of large parts of Europe being deindustrialized by Chinese import competition. And I think Europe has belatedly woken up to that fact. So it might be too late, but we'll see. But it does weigh on trade, growth, globalism in general, for sure. And we have news coming out of Hong Kong. Evergrande, the world's most indebted property company, uh, has been just sent into liquidation by the Hong Kong court. The judge said enough is enough. So what do you think the market will, how would it react, especially in Asia? Yeah, that's a great question. We've been wrestling with it all day. What does it mean for you know the currency, the Chinese currency, real estate deals in general, the mood of, of corporations in China and, and consumers? I just think it's another negative headline that China's got to deal with. I mean, it, it, that's broadly speaking. It does highlight the property. You know, every, everyone knows about this problem in China, the over-leveraged property market. And this is just kind of like what could be in store down the road. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but 
there's a, there's a long workout period coming when it comes to China and property. And this is, you know, we're very, very early on in the stage. And I would, in the end, I think it just weighs on China sentiment. So hence more money coming out of China, Hong Kong towards the U S and, and I think that's primarily what's how it's going to play out for the near term. For the near term. Thank you so much for your time. That was Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management, ending the conversation on the news coming out of Hong Kong that the courts have just basically said liquidate. Enough is enough. You can't seem to have come up with a rescue plan that's viable. You can't just keep kicking the can down the road. Mm. Now, the point is that there will be some short-term pain, but maybe it's inevitable if you really want some resolution to the property market crisis that we're facing in China. It'll be interesting to see because uh, Shanghai's Composite Index, uh, they ended quite sharply lower yesterday, down 0.9%, uh, while the, uh, the Hang Seng was up 0.8%. So how this news might play out uh, when markets open later on this morning would be something quite interesting to, to take note of. Yeah, but sometimes it's very funny. Markets might say, okay, this liquidation, right, just get it over and done with. You know, what's mm. the point of hanging on? If you liquidate it, okay, uh, yes, unfortunately, some home buyers will be f- feeling it, uh, jobs will be lost, but at least there's a step forward rather than just being in limbo. But the I know Evergrande stock is suspended in China and it was down 21% on on that news. Uh, but let's very quickly look at some results that came out in the United States. First off, Whirlpool. I mean, they are a big white goods manufacturer, your washing machine, mm. your fridges. Now, they fell after issuing a 2024 sales and profit forecast that was weaker than Wall Street expectations. I think because shoppers just basically aren't spending on big ticket purchases. So uh, for its 2024 sales outlook, uh, the company is expecting those numbers to be around $16.9 billion, basically reflecting a flat like-for-like basis and a 13% drop from the previous year. And it is also below analysts' projection of $17.7 billion. Its adjusted profit is also expected to be between $13 to $15 per share, which is lower than the estimate of $15.48. Okay, so in terms of regional performance, America did decent. Europe, Middle East and Africa actually were the ones which saw sales decline, while Latin America and Asia also reported net sales and EBIT growth. Does the street like this name? Not really. Just one buy, five holes, three sales, consensus target price, 100 US dollars, excuse me, not ringgit, 100 US dollars, 55 cents. Last time price actually up $1.83 to $117.79. I don't think we have that brand here though, do we? I, I don't remember ever seeing it here. I've seen it in the US. I've seen a few here, but I don't know where they came from. And they're probably very, very old, very, very old machines. Uh, but let's talk about one other company, which is very different from a white good manufacturer. Of course, that is the Brazilian iron ore giant Vale. They recorded a larger than expected production of 89 million metric tons of iron ore. This was actually up. Now, the point why you want to look at this is sometimes it's a good proxy in terms of economic growth and especially economic recovery from China. So uh, this uh, the mining company's production was actually up from a year ago. Uh, it posted its highest December figures in five years and this is after it invested in its prized Amazonian operations and improving performance at its older older mines in the country. So the extra production may generate some headwinds for the iron ore market, which has been relatively resilient despite that slowdown in China, which is its biggest buyer. 
Okay, so 18 buys, 9 holds, just one sell. Consensus target price for this stock listed in US $17.74. Last done, down 18 cents to $13.99. That's all the kind of sexy financial news we have for you. Up next, we'll be covering the top stories in the newspapers and portals. Stay tuned for that, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.